right, good morning. Welcome back, everyone, to the Albuquerque Three Angel Church podcast. I am Elder A.J. Lujan. This morning I have with me... Elder Nick. And... Elder Robert Noah. All right, so we're going to get into our lesson this morning, lesson number seven. Lesson number seven for the week of February 11th through the 17th. And it is titled, Unto the Least of These. Unto the Least of These. So, Robert, you want to go ahead and get us started with the opening prayer? Absolutely. Gracious Father, as we begin this lesson this morning, Lord, we would be inept to open your word without the guiding of your Holy Spirit. So we ask that you will pour upon us that Holy Spirit that we may have wisdom, understanding, discernment as we open this lesson and share the inspiration that the Holy Spirit gives us that we may draw a more perfect picture of what you wish us to understand this morning. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right, we find the memory text this morning found in Matthew chapter 25, verse 34. And it reads, Then the king will say unto those on his right hand, Come, you blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. And that's an interesting verse to start off with, right? Because when we think about that verse, we look at it and we say, Well, that's, that's, talking, about, that's talking about anybody who follows God, right? But when we look at it in the context of this lesson, we see that he's talking to those who have done his will. You've done his will. Yeah, and I think it really does fall in line with how the last several studies have been. You know, first we have the tithe, which we give back to God, followed by the offering, which is what we give from our heart, followed by the understanding. It's like, well, where are you putting your treasure? You know, mm-hmm. where are you establishing that in your life? Is it truly in God or is it in yourself? And then we look at this week, and it kind of is the second half to what last week's lesson was, where we were trying to determine where our treasure is yeah. to now understanding, okay, now that we know where our treasure is, how do we utilize what we have? Yeah. And, you know, it's it's really a Christ-focused topic in this, this week because it a lot of it does focus on how Christ treated others, how he looked at others, who he sat with, who he ate with, who he preached to. Yeah. And... Exactly. You know, I, I think it's a really good blueprint of how we should look at the world around us and how we should be able to go out and help those. And then we we look at we look at everything today in our world, and we we want to put labels on people. You know, we want to put labels on them based on what they're wearing, how they look, what they drive. And we say, oh, this person has money. That person doesn't have money. This person's poor. That person's not poor. And so we, we look at all the external factors and. And we see when, when Jesus came, he flipped that upside down. It's like, I'm looking at the heart. I want to see what the person, how the person is in their heart. And that's something that we don't see. We can't judge that. No matter how hard we try, we're always going to misjudge people. We're going to look at something on the outside. And we're going to say, oh, well, that person is like this. And, and we, we think that they follow God like this or they don't do this right. But God sees the heart and he knows exactly what that person is feeling and the, the struggles they're dealing with and the things that they have to overcome. Yeah. And so those souls, uh, and one more thing about that is that we have, because of that, what, what do we have? We have social classes, right? Right. We have the, those different types of classes of people like, oh, we have the middle class and we have the lower, low income people and we have the very rich and then the super rich. And, and we place all those people, you know, just something that we do. We place all of those people into their little pockets, right? This person goes here and this person goes here according to what I can see from the outside. Oh, they drive that really fancy car. They must be rich, right? Yeah. <laughs> well, the, along with that 
not only do you look at, oh, they must be successful financially, but you also start to say, oh, this is a good person and this is a bad person just because of what they drive or what they're wearing. That's true. And, yeah. you know, oh, we yeah. have a tendency to, like you said, put these labels on people. And that's really unfair because you don't know their circumstance. You know, I, and I'm speaking from, you know, I've never had a lot, but I've been homeless twice. So I think where I'm at is a, you know, way better <laughs> than where I was. And so I, I have a, a different perspective because I've, I've had nothing in, you know, yeah. uh, and I've been judged just because of where I was. And, you know, I have, I was raised with a good work ethic, so I opted not to stay there. I worked my way out of that. But, um, but I understand that when you walk in to a place and, and everybody either distances from you or, um, you know, talks about, you can tell they're talking about you, and yeah. the, but then they'll turn around and they'll smile to your face. You know, I, I've experienced that. And I've experienced it in the church, oh, yeah, and which is kind of Definitely. what I'm leading up to. And you know, my in my last sermon, I asked those two questions. You know, look around at the the sanctuary right now, at all the empty pews, and I'm going to ask two questions. The first one everybody hears all the time: What are you doing to help fill those pews? But the second one's going to sting a little bit. What did you do to cause those empty spaces? Yeah, <clears throat> that's true. The one thing that's you know, called, and it says right here, you know, the Bible speaks often of the strangers, the fatherless, and and the widows. And today, there's a lot of that. You know, there's a lot of people that are fatherless. You know, it's an epidemic, especially yeah. in certain cultures, in certain uh, areas, in certain cities. You know, it's it's an epidemic. And, you know, the father is, is the priest of the home. You know, it calls it out that the father has a very specific role. You know, and there are children out there who don't have fathers. Mm-hmm. You know, it could be any number of things. And it calls out a lot of it, too. You know, fathers who've gone to war, lost their life. Fathers who are imprisoned or bound. Yeah. Or just fathers <clears throat> who just don't take the responsibility. When you look at that, that's a lot of children out there. It's a lot of widows. It's a lot of spouses that don't have that support. And, you know, the Bible calls out that it's the job of a Christian to take care of those that, have those struggles and you know we'll see throughout this lesson this week that it really calls out you know how the whole you know the view of the poor was to you know how you kind of see it similar to what it is today and it's it's a good lesson and i think you know as we go through this you know this discussion that we're going to see that things in the past are still kind of doing the same thing today it's just what are we as Christians doing to acknowledge it and to step up and do what we have to do with the remaining of our offering, the remaining of ourselves to, to do what Christ asked us to do. Yeah, Cause we've always had the poor and we're always going to have the poor. That's not going to ever change. That's right. always, that's always going to be a, a problem that we see in this world. And there's, there's always going to be that imbalance. Right. But you know, just like both of you have mentioned, you know, when Jesus came, he came to break down those barriers, you know, and, he showed God's character equally, you know, to the very rich, the very powerful, all the way down to, you know, the 
the widow that put her last two pennies in the in the offering plate, you know, and they all saw God's character and all saw that God saw them all equally, regardless of how they saw each other. Yeah, exactly. So what's interesting, and it was really funny, you know, I, me and my wife have been watching that show, The Chosen. Yeah, so <laughs> it is such a good well. show. I yeah. mean, it's a really human take on who Christ was mm-hmm. and you know, the fact that they're really trying to keep it as close to scripture as possible because you know, it's scripture. There's a lot of, there's a lot of gaps, right? We know there's a lot of gaps. Yeah. It's like one day Jesus is in Galilee and the next he's somewhere else. And it's like, well, what happened in that journey? So, you know, there's a lot of, you know, liberty in it, but we started watching the episode last night, which if you look at the very first part of the life and ministry of Jesus, the Isaiah reading, Mm -hmm. We watched that last night, and I called him. I was like, "This is what we're, this is what the lesson started off with was this moment, this calling out of what we should do." And you know, I th- I think it's really important that we read yeah. six one or sixty one one and two. So it says, "The spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to preach good tidings to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and the." opening of the prison to those who are bound to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God to comfort all who mourn. And that, that whole speech that he did like in the show, you know, it shows what he did. He read like two or three verses, rolled up the scroll, sat down down. and gave his, gave the ultimate interpretation of what was being said in Isaiah and the look on everybody's face in that room was just shocked because there's this belief at that time that the Messiah was going to come and you know, break the chains of the Roman Empire. Right. Be the new king. And, yeah, establish yeah. that throne here on earth. And here he's saying, why? Why do you think that? Why am I establishing something here when, you know, you guys should be establishing taking care of each other, looking out for those, you know, Ending that bo- that bondage here on, on this earth, yeah. you know, I'm not here to free you of the Romans, <laughs> yeah. basically. And they just all un- they just all misunderstood why he came in the first place. They didn't understand the whole purpose. And so as he's reading, you know, verses like scriptures like this, and then they see his acts and they see him doing things, eating with these sinners and talking to these poor people. They're like what are you doing? That's not what we do as a people, our culture. That's not what we do. That, right. That's completely opposite of what we're supposed to be doing. So I'm sure that caused a lot of people to have doubt in him already because they're saying, well, this, he's supposed to be our Messiah. Yet he's the one that's doing the things that we don't think are correct. Well, Jesus said in Matthew chapter nine, starting verse 12, it says they that be whole need not a physician, but they that are sick, but go ye and learn what that meaneth. I will have mercy and not sacrifice, for I am come to not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. You know, and he was talking about people that had self righteousness that you know thought, didn't see their need. You know, it was it's the people that are you know like he's that are listed there in Isaiah sixty one. You know, the those that are impoverished, those that are uh, and it not necessarily physically, but you can look at that through um, 
despair and, you know, and depravity and depression and all these things that hold people in a prison that they don't see a way out of, that God came to shine a light and give them joy and hope in their life that can break those bonds where nothing else can. And so he's like, I'm, I'm trying to show you more than what you think you understand. Exactly. And the thing about it too is, and it calls it out in there is that the poor was looked down upon. Like if you were poor, you did it to yourself. You you're suffering for some sin that you did in your right. life. Just like the blind guy. Yeah. And, <laughs> and it was, it's crazy. It's, you look at how people treat those that are impoverished today. You know, I think you and I had this discussion a couple yeah, weeks we ago about, <laughs> about the guy standing on the corner. Yeah. I'm asking for change, you know, panhandling. Mm-hmm. And most people won't even look in that direction. And I've, I'll admit, I've been guilty of that myself sometimes where it's like, okay, I don't have anything on me. I just, I'm going to keep my eyes forward. You know, that thousand yard stare yes. that, you know, <laughs> that I, you had to learn in boot camp. Right. And, you know, you just, you focus on one dot out in the middle of nowhere and that's all you focus on. And then you're just hoping the light turns green. Yeah. I've, I've done that a few times. And well, you also, and I'm as guilty as of it as anybody else, you know, you're like, well, if I give them money, are they going to use it to, for cigarettes? Are they going to use it for alcohol? Yep. Do they have a drug pro- yeah. problem? You know, would I be better off carrying, you know, a bag, a, a box of snacks with me and giving them, you know, a, a Gatorade and a snack instead of handing them, you know, money? Because then you're, but the Bible also tells, Jesus says, give to all that ask. Yeah. You know, it, it's what they do with it. Make sure your heart is right. What they do with the, with it is between them and God. And don't put yourself in the position where you're you're judge you're stepping above your station. Actually, you know, yeah. because that's it's that's not your your problem. What they do with it. Well, Jesus calls it out several times throughout his ministry. You know, he says, and and this has been a topic at you know Wednesday night prayer meeting. The when I was hungry, did you feed me? Mm-hmm. When I was cold, did you clothe me? If I was sick, did you, you know, mend my, my wounds? You know, he calls this out so many times. And then just to add on top of that, you know, we see that. And like you all have said, you know, sometimes we're in, in our own minds are thinking the yeah. negative aspect. <laughs> yeah, but, but that's true. you know, you look at the stoning of, of the young woman. When you stood in front of him said, he who has not sinned, cast the first stone. And then we read throughout this thing that the only person who's able to judge mankind is yeah. God himself, that we have no place to judge others. Mm-hmm. And then on top of that, you know, Christ constantly says, be charitable, give with your whole heart, treat your, treat them as your brethren. Because in heaven, the least of your brethren are going to be there with you. Uh, and I, and I'm going to, you know, kind of point the fingers back at myself again, because like I said earlier, I've been homeless twice, you know, and whereas I never, ever wanted a hand out, everybody sometimes needs a hand up, yep. you know, yeah. and so can that one charitable act show a little bit of Christian character to somebody that you don't know what's going on in their heart, you don't know what's going on in their head, are they about to give up? But if you show just a little bit of kindness, 
you know, will that, will that show them just enough of God for them to keep going? Yeah. And I think what you said is, it, I, I was thinking about this as I was reading through this lesson, and it, it really, like, again, it pointed the finger back at me because I was, prior to the pandemic, I was very active in making sure, like, I give to people. Everybody I saw, if somebody came and asked me for food, I'd say, let's go into the, let's go in right now to the restaurant, let's buy something to eat. And I would actively do that. But something changed, and that one thing that changed, and I don't know if you guys remember, back in, I think it was 20, 2019, the n- local news ran a story talking about how they had arrested a bunch of panhandlers who were asking for money, who were part of a, ended up being part of a full crime oh, network, ring, right? right? Yeah, and they were using this money to buy the drugs, to to, to go on these, uh, these uh, stealing sprees. And I remember looking at that on the news, and I'm like, no, that's it. I'm done. I'm not giving to these guys anymore because look at what's look what's happening. Basically, I felt that if I'm giving them my money, I'm 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 helping them to be able to continue with this crime network, right? Right. You're an enabler. Exactly. And so I felt very I don't I really did. I felt very offended. Like I can't be doing that. And so I stopped giving. And I just thought and so like kind of like what you were saying, Nick, I just I'm just not gonna look at them, right? I'm just gonna p- pretend like they're not there. I'm gonna pretend like they're not because now I don't know who's part of a crime network, who's not part of a crime network. <laughs> and so I started like looking at everybody, could they be? Could they be? Are they genuine? Like and so it was very hard. Um and so I just stopped giving to people. And so like when I was reading through this lesson, I was like, Nah, that's that's speaking back well, to me again, o- you know. The other one that you see a lot, and you know, Nick and I are both prior service, um, is People, you know, homeless veteran. They're they're, yeah. they're reaching out at that uh, that sympathy card, mm-hmm. and a lot of them, it's stolen valor. You know, they have they never actually served, yeah. and um, there was actually a guy that was holding a sign, and he was always dressed well, and he was you know had a sign, you know, uh, and the news actually asked him, you know, did you serve? And, he's, and he goes, no but I'm not hurting anybody. It's a federal crime, <laughs> you know, to <laughs> stolen valor. Yeah. And, uh, and all these things that we have that, you know, we kind of, I think we are almost looking for a reason not to, you know, yeah. and I mean, once again, like I said, you know, I'm going to point the finger right back at me, you know, how many of us, Oh, well, no, nobody wants to use cash as much anymore after COVID. So I don't carry any cash. So I don't have anything to give, yep. you know, cause everything's on plastic, yep. you know? So, I mean, there's all these things that we can do to find a reason or a way not to. And I think we just need to change our outlook and, and study the way Christ did things a little yeah. bit more. Well, they've, what's very interesting too is so yesterday, um, me and the family were out, let's go get lunch. Um, we were running some errands and stuff and, Actually, we were coming up here to the church to set up this room a little bit and to add some stuff to it. But we went and got some food, and we're sitting there. My wife looked over next to the Wendy's. was was a homeless guy who was sitting there, and he was kind of crouched over, kind of you know staying, trying to stay warm in his jacket. Yesterday was actually pretty chilly. Yeah, Yeah, the wind. And you know, me and my wife, we have these bags in our car. You know, that has um, the great controversy in it. It has a couple of. of those little um, glow pack, tracks, glow tracks and stuff in there, but it's also got a bottle of water, packet of band aids, um, just some like really necessary stuff. And we yeah, put basics. a couple bucks in there, you know, just to give them something. And you know, we're sitting in the Carl's Jr. line, you know, getting the girls some food, and she's like, "We should go over there, you know, and do that." Well, we had to pull into the you know the drive-through uh, number one spot to wait for the food to come mm-hmm. in the car. 
If anybody's been over in that parking lot, it's hard to get out of. Yeah. You know, once you're in one position, it, you have to go left and you can't go anywhere else. And it's like, well, it's going to be kind of hard for us to get over there, you know, maybe next time. And that's exactly what I said. Yeah. And we got the food, and as I'm pulling out, I'm like, no, no, no. <laughs> let's, it, yeah, it's going to be a little bit longer, but let's just go ahead and do this. So we went all the way around, through the line again. next to him, gave him the bag and stuff. And, you know, my wife's like, oh, my God, he has a dog. Yep. We got to remember to get dog food and stuff to bring with us next time. And, you know, we gave him the bag. Very polite, man. He was like, thank you. And like, you, know, you have a wonderful day. Stay warm. You know, yeah. hope this helps. And we drove off. And my wife's like, oh, I wish I, you know, we only put a couple dollars in there and stuff. You know, I wish I put more. And it's like, yeah. it's like, well, it's not the amount of money you're putting in there that's important. It's the fact that you're taking that moment to acknowledge somebody who most people just look ignored. Ignore. But when I was still living in my RV up here, at the um, I got off work early and went home. Didn't have any groceries in my trailer. I was like, you know what? I'm gonna go grab something for for lunch. And as so, I was driving down Central and I pulled into the Taco Bell over there on Coors and Central, mm-hmm. which I usually avoid Taco Bell. <laughs> um, but I was like, something drew me to Taco Bell and there was an older guy in there and he asked for like 37 cents or something. So he could have enough to pay for a a bus to get across town. All he asked for was 37 cents. He was very specific. Um, and I didn't have any cash on me. All I had was my, my bank card and I didn't say anything to him, but when I went up and ordered, I doubled my order and I walked over to where he was sitting, and I put a full meal, you know, down in front of him. Yeah. And that guy broke down in tears. And he said, I haven't eaten in six days. And he was, and I said, I, I, I was just impressed that he needed to go there. that. Yeah. And um, he sat there and talked with me and prayed with me and, you know, while we ate together. And so, I mean, you never know the amount of effect that you're going to have on somebody's life or even just their day at that mm-hmm. particular point, yeah. just by, you know, reaching out. And once again, I'm always a proponent of that hand up, not a hand out, you know, but, um, sometimes, I mean, sometimes it's, it's food. Sometimes it's money. Sometimes it's, you know, but sometimes it's just a word. Yeah. Just listen, you know, just, or, or just listening. Just listening Sometimes shutting up and, and yeah. listening is, yeah, and that, is equally important. That happened to me. I was at Home Depot, and I, I shared this in prayer meeting a couple of weeks ago. And um, I was at Home Depot, got all my stuff from my job site. And I'm in the middle of my work day, and I'm going back to my truck, and I see this guy on the side walking towards me. I already knew, like, he's coming for me. He's coming, right? <laughs> and, 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 it, and it's hard because, like, I'm on a schedule, and it's in the middle of the work day. So I'm just, like, going straight to my truck. But I already knew he was going to come, so I was already thinking about it. And sure enough, he comes around to my side of the truck and he is, hey, you got any, you have any money for, for some food? I'm just hungry. Like he told me I'm hungry and, and I don't want to steal. And I was like, okay. Um, so I went into my truck and, I, and I, again, I didn't have a whole lot of cash. It turns out I had a folded $5 bill for some reason sitting in center console. So I pulled it out and I gave it to him and he was so happy. And as I handed it to him, he's like, man, thank you, thank you. And he starts telling me everything that's going on in his life. Right. And he's just like, my, my mom left me here, and I, and I couldn't, I, I didn't have anywhere to go. And last night, I was trying to find a place to stay and try to get a shower, and I just needed something to eat. And he's telling me all this stuff. And 
saying that his girlfriend left him, but she's very sick and that he has a kid and he hasn't seen the kid in, in months. And he's just like pouring it out. And I'm just sitting here for, you know, a couple of minutes by my truck, just listening to this guy. And he's like, oh, yeah. and then he just kind of stopped and he looked at me and he said, thank you for the money. I'm gonna go get something to eat now. He's like, I really didn't want to steal. He's like, because if you didn't give me money, I was going to go into Home Depot and steal something. That was what I was planning to do, he told me. And I was like, man, like just that one little moment, like you said, maybe you prevented that from happening. Maybe you prevented something else. And I, you know, I told him, yeah, you know, um, glad I could at least help you with that. I said, but don't steal. <laughs> don't don't right. steal. You know, that's not the way to go about this because you're just going to make it worse for yourself. If you're trying to get somewhere in life, you're going to keep going backwards. But when people feel dehumanized, mm-hmm. you know, because they're rejected by society, yeah. um, just the yeah. fact that you're willing to take that couple of minutes and listen to them, it, it brings them back to a semblance of humanity that they might have even lost in themselves. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's like when we go into the next the next day's study and stuff. Um, it's talk it talks about those provisions for the poor and the strangers and the widows and the fatherless and stuff, and it it calls out you know kind of a, a structured way of handling the poor because you can't do everything for somebody, you can't give everything to them and expect them to you know be able to do it on their own, and which is a lot of times when you look at how some charities work, how some government assistance works, all they're doing is just putting a, a band-aid on the situation. They're not fixing or helping fix the problem. They're just putting a band-aid on it, hoping that it goes to the next next group to deal with. It's a triage. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you look at California right now, San Francisco. I was just in San Francisco yep. um, at the end of last year for a summit. And the homeless situation out there is really really bad and all the city is doing out there right now is putting a band-aid on the problem they're not out there actually trying to fix anything there's actually this um this thing out there right now where san francisco is has a really bad reputation right now about a certain uh bodily function know exactly what you're talking about (laughs) so they passed this plan in 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 their uh city council Mm -hmm. to put a bathroom a public bathroom that's you know accessible to everybody to help kind of alleviate the situation. That was a year ago. They still haven't even broken ground on it because there's so much bureaucracy course, around it. Of course. A single bathroom, I think they estimated it was going to be $1.7 million. An anonymous donor came out and said, I will pay every dime of that to get it started because this person wanted to fix the problem. To just do it, yeah. It got paid. Still costs two point seven million more dollars because of the bureaucracy around it. It's crazy, and again, it's it's one of those things. It's like nobody really wants to deal with the situation. They don't want to deal with it. They don't want to look at it. They want to. They don't want to take the time to actually make the pro or make the issue better. They yeah, don't right. want to help anybody. It's really just. Yeah, I I put a couple coins into the tithing plate. You know, I think I've done my part. And we see the same thing here in our city. We saw that they closed the park because that one park down on Second because it was getting out of hand. The one so over on Eubank, yeah, they yeah they, they demolished it, down. it right. <laughs> so yeah. they and all they do is they close this one area to try to get rid of the problem. And then now, if you go down there, two blocks over, they're all under the bridge now. Right. And it, and and I don't know if it was just a point to for the city to get it out of sight and to move it somewhere where it can't be seen, because the problem's still there and they haven't fixed the problem whatsoever. It's the same thing with the rail yards a couple of years ago too. 
same exact thing. The rail yards had a massive encampment of homeless, mm-hmm. but they weren't fixing the problem. They just pushed everybody out to another spot. Yeah. <laughs> and now you drive down uh, central, you can drive down um, yeah, central cores, even 98th and stuff out in the big areas where it's just land. You see tents, encampments over there and the city is not fixing the problem. They don't, there's no need to fix the problem because all they're getting out of it is tax money and they're paying somebody's pockets, right? But this is where the Christians here in the city need to come together, especially in this church, we need to come together. And I know we do have like uh, Elder Martin who has gone out there. We do know know of several people who've gone and actually talked to those people, provided literature, helped feed them. And it's that point where you can't rely on somebody else to do the work. Right. Yeah. You know, right here in Exodus, it pretty much says six years, you shall sow your own land and gather in its produce. But the seventh year, you shall let it rest in life follow that the poor of your people may eat. And what they leave the beasts of the field may eat. in like manner. You shall do with your vineyard and your olive grove. Yeah. So it's not telling like here, it's not telling you that you need to go out there every day. You need to do this. You need to do this every day. No, it's saying you need to make that part of your plan. That you need to go out there and you need to to help, give back, help the poor, help those that are hungry, help those that are sick, help those that are struggling in their lives. Be that ear, you know, to listen because a lot of these people just want somebody to talk to, yeah. and just and, to be acknowledged as humans. And just like you were saying, if you've gone out to to help them in any capacity. It really is a humbling experience for yourself. When you leave there, you realize how big the problem is and how little that, like, even when we when we give some, it's such a small amount in, in contributing to give to to over over change, you know overtake that situation, and it's not going to happen right away. But like I said, if you can help one person, help one person, help one person. Every every chance you get, you at least were able to be the person in their path at that moment, even if you gave them food like you did, right? To let somebody eat after six days who had not eaten. And we've gone down as uh, a church, we've gone down and and handed out sack lunches and, and, you know, literature and stuff. And I, I had a couple people, you know, that wanted to, wanted to talk. They wanted me to pray with them. But then they also, you know, said, even among the church groups, you're different. And I'm like, well, maybe is that personally different or us as a group are different? Yeah. And they're like, no, you personally. And I'm like, well, I can relate because I've been where you are, mm-hmm. you know. And um, I think the attitude that you have, even when you're out helping, can also, you know, make a, a big difference. Yeah. You know, I'm like, oh, well, we're doing this because it's the right thing to do, but I can you know, I'd rather be doing this or that or, you know, because people can sense that when you're, oh, yeah. if, if you're, am I, oh, well, I'm an inconvenience for them, so I'm just going to take what they're offering. I'm not really going to put any stock in it. Yeah. But if you actually do that and, you know, Jesus listened, you know, he was empathetic. He was sympathetic to their plight. And uh, I was talking with somebody just a couple days ago and they were talking about a bunch of, you know, these, uh, all this government's um, provided assistance. And then, like, that's not 
the answer. You know, that old adage, you know, give a man a fish, you teach, you feed him for a day, teach a man to fish, you feed him for his life. Yeah. You know, um, there is just putting a Band-Aid, you know, a sack lunch or something, that might just be a Band-Aid, but, you know, maybe having a way of teaching people to uh, to be self-sufficient or to uh, if – and I know there's programs for people that have chemical dependencies and such like that, but, you know, but teaching somebody to, to have a little pride in themselves because that grows. You know, if you feel like you've accomplished something, you feel good about it and you want to accomplish more. So, you know, giving them a way of – uh, starting to draw themselves up out of that for those I know I know some of them choose to live that way but uh, for those that are really struggling and trying to bring themselves back up is there something that we can do you know as <clears throat> to put a step ladder instead of a band-aid yeah. I know something you mentioned made me think about in the past couple of years we've seen all of these youtuber youtubers uh, going around and helping people right like, i'm gonna give all this stuff to the poor but what are they doing it for like i said that attitude Ratings. matters right <laughs> yeah they have a camera in these people's faces and they're using them as the product basically to be able to profit of profit off, off of, of them it. right to show oh look at we're look world look at all the great things we're doing and and it's like is that the attitude we're supposed to have when we go out there are we doing it so others can see us like hey look at me over here i'm helping the poor check me out all the good things i did this week Right. Or are we going out like we read through this lesson? We see Jesus had a genuine care. He had a genuine love right. for these people. I mean, like it was a deep seated love. Right. He they can look at him and they can know, like you talked about, that they could probably look in his eyes and say, this guy is genuine. He's genuine. He's somebody that that and that's why they followed him. Right. That's why people followed him, because they saw something different in him that they didn't see in anybody else. Right. And I think right here in Psalms 82, three and four. I think that kind of sums up what we're talking about right here. Defend the poor and fatherless. Do justice to the afflicted and needy. Deliver the poor and needy. Free them from the hand of the wicked. Right. Now, if you're doing it just for your self-gratification in some of these instances, you know, you're doing it for clout. Get that extra, that penny in your YouTube account. Yep. Are you freeing them from the hand of the wicked or are you only using the wicked to kind of help them? be free you're only giving them temporary freedom from it because in reality you're not doing it to them you're not doing them justice you're not delivering them yeah. from anything you're utilizing them for your own it almost feels like you're exposing them basically yeah, yeah. it's exploitation yeah because i mean these people some of these uh influencers are making huge sums of money off of their whether it's you know, Instagram, whether it's their YouTube, whether, you know, uh, I don't, what all the other. Uh, so you got Twitter, YouTube, Rumble. TikTok. Uh, TikTok. <laughs> you know, whatever. <laughs> but it, it once you grab, get a certain amount of following, you know, advertisers start paying you yeah. for your, your channel. So this person, okay, yeah, he went and gave $500 to this uh, homeless person. But that same video is going to make him thousands and thousands of dollars, yeah. you know. So, like both of you are saying, you know, what is, what is is he really doing it to help that person, or is he really exploiting that person to line his own pockets? And I'm like, right now, there's actually a, 
an incident that happened. Not really an incident, but an event that took place a couple weeks ago. And you guys probably may have heard about it if you've been on YouTube or if you've been on Twitter at all. Um, a certain YouTuber, really big name, paid for cataract surgery for over a thousand people yeah. out of his out of the money that he receives. Now people are calling to question, you know, was he doing that just to get more money, or was he doing it actually? genuinely because he cared that there was a problem saw it and took the money that he's been earning from his videos right and put it forward now social media is toxic at times and most times <laughs> i'm not saying anything yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um in this situation it's it's one of those things I don't know the, the YouTuber personally. I don't know what was in his heart. Mm -hmm. Right. But from what I've seen, you know, this instance, he does do this a lot. He does take funds that he has earned and puts them and moves them forward. Boy. He does take them and, you know, puts his money where his mouth is a lot of times. Let's see. That's, I'm, I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt because when, I mean, if you just walk up to somebody and randomly hand them 500 bucks, I mean, $500 sounds like a lot, but it's not compared. Sure. I, it yeah, costs $120 to fill a bag of groceries right now. You know, I mean, the uh, with, but to do something like that, to pay for cataract surgery, that's life-changing because you have somebody that might be uh, inhibited by these cataracts on what they're able to do to provide for themselves. Mm -hmm. And now you've opened up a whole new door. So, I mean, yeah, can he profit off of that? Yeah. But is it wrong to use, you know, our, our wealth to benefit others? You know, and, if he, and there's a, a continuation of, you know, paying it forward into instances like that. I would have to say, you know, he could be doing this for the right reason. And, and, and if you still went, profiting off and of And if it. you went about it the other way and say, you go and ask a thousand people who need this surgery ahead of time and tell them, if somebody randomly just paid for your surgery, would you take it? Probably all of them would say, oh, yeah. yeah, nobody. Right. Well, who's paying for the money? <laughs> who's, who's, who's using their money? Oh, it's that person. Never mind. I don't want his money. And maybe there might be one or two in there who say, who are very, you know, vocal against a particular person and say, no, I don't want their money because, you know, we, we hear stories about that. But I would assume that most people would say, yeah, give me, give me what you can. I'm going to take it what I, you know, any, any, anytime I can get something from somebody to help me in my situation, I'm going to take it. One and, thing I've, I have seen, you know, and this was uh, where they've taken a sum of money and given it to one homeless person for example yes, I, I, and <laughs> that man. person went and bought groceries and started giving food to yeah. all the other homeless people yep. you know so i mean to me that that's amazing that the somebody that has nothing receives a little bit and instead of keeping it for themselves they want to share it yeah. and ease the suffering as much as they can yeah there's one word or one thing that came out of this lesson that was quite interesting because <laughs> in a Christian faith, Darwinism is not a belief that, or a, or a study that we follow, mm -hmm. you know, but the way they use it as social Darwinism, you know, sure. if you're poor, you're poor, don't help them. 
that's it. They deserve to be where they're at because of decisions. And we see that in the very first lesson or the second lesson where, you know, Pharisees look down on the poor. Mm-hmm. People, uh, Israelites look down on own, their own Israelite brethren because they were poor. Mm-hmm. You know, when you look at that and you start thinking, Jesus wasn't rich. Jesus was poor. He was a nomad. His home was literally on his back. And when we look at those that are poor and we fall into this whole social Darwinism, this whole belief that the poor is the poor, nothing we can do for him, you know, maintain your own status kind of thing. Even Jesus said, we'll have the poor with us always. (laughs) (laughs) It's, It's like there's a song guys probably remember from the early 90s what if god was one of us mm-hmm. you know that's how we need to look at everything you know what if that person that is standing there on the corner is god waiting for you to step out of your comfort zone mm-hmm. to step out of yourself mm-hmm. and put somebody else before you well, yourself i'm going to take it a little bit further than that because uh, why are we here in this church to minister to other people. Well, we're here because God revealed Himself to us mm-hmm. at some and, point, and Even used at the lowest point, and right? probably used another individual to do it. Mm-hmm. You know, think back to, uh, I mean, I know Alex, you were brought up in the church. Uh, Nick and I came from outside, uh, but but even you, you know, you left for a while and came back, but there was one person. In, usually one person in particular, and there's always, God uses a bunch of people, but there's always one that we will attribute, this person really stood out in drawing me back to God mm-hmm. and revealing, tr- showing me who God was and rekindling that love. And we can be that person for somebody else. You know, and, and I think if if you look at it more as, you know, Okay, God showed himself to me, and now he wants me to be a mirror to reflect that into not just one individual's life, but that mirror should always be reflecting. And that's a big calling. Yeah. You know, but I believe that that is the essence of true Christianity. Now, that, that does bring up a good thing, you know, you, what you said about the calling, right? The rest of this week, we look at three different individuals. You know, we look at a rich young ruler. We look at a rich tax collector. And then we look at Job. And we all know the story of Job. We understand who Job is and the things that he went through. But what was very interesting with this lesson this week is how they took two rich people and compared them. They both were energetic. They both ran to Jesus and wanted to follow and wanted to be a part of what he was doing. And they really wanted to learn more about getting that eternal life. And it calls it out in here that that is where they, the commonalities end. Right. Now the part that differs between them is this, we never, we don't find out the name of this rich young ruler. We just know he's a, Young man, very, very wealthy. Influence. Very influence. Very influential. Right. You know, he he had a lot going in his life. You know, he was in a very, very comfortable spot. 
but he decided to take an opportunity to walk along with Christ, to be a 13th, possible 13th disciple. Because he walked away because he he wasn't comfortable with giving up everything that he was. And this is kind of the difference part between him and the tax collector. Christ told him to give up everything, to give up your wealth, to give up your position, to give up your home, your everything that was holding you back from being with the Lord. Give that up. Now, the disciples kind of talked about it. It's like, well, he's asking this guy to give up his entire life. Well, Christ is asking all of us to give up our entire life to follow him, right? He's asking no more than he gave. Exactly. Yeah. But this, <laughs> but this yeah. is something we talked about last week, you mm-hmm. know, was being held back. Where's your treasure at? Yeah. This rich young man, <clears throat> full faith in... The Lord understood who the Lord was, conversed with Christ, but his treasure was sitting at home. His treasure was the stuff he was wearing, his power, his influence. A lot of people in this world today are in that situation where they don't want to give up anything of themselves. They, you know, it's like, I worked hard for my money. Why should I give it to somebody else? And we hear that a lot with taxes right now, you know. United States taxes and inflation. Yeah. It's like, why am I paying more for somebody else? Who's not taking, who's taking advantage of it. Right. And in that situation, we need to look at ourselves. Are we this rich young ruler? Are we looking at the monetary value that we have in our lives? And are we holding that to ourselves or, or we like Zacchaeus? Zacchaeus was the tax collector. Christ didn't ask him to give up anything. And he came out and said, look, I will give up half of what I have. First, I'll give back what I've taken beyond what was needed. That was a big thing because tax collectors collected more tax than what was actually offered. And that's how they were able to afford big houses, which kind of calls into question Matthew a little bit. (laughs) It's like, what was Matthew doing? But Matthew gave up everything to follow Christ. And... Zacchaeus said, look, I will return back what I've taken, more than what I've taken. I'll give that back, and then I will give half of what I have to the poor. And I think it presents the question in here, too. It says, well, well, if Jesus asked the rich young ruler to give everything, all of it up, how come Zacchaeus only gave half of it, and that was acceptable? And it was the fact that because the rich young ruler, everything that was wrapped up was all in his riches, right? His heart was all about what he had. And so that was the thing that Christ knew, that if he doesn't give this up, he can't really fully follow me, right? He can't really give his heart to me because there's always going to be something that's that's torn there. Whereas you have Zacchaeus, and Zacchaeus... That wasn't where his heart that's was. What, yeah, yeah, that's not where everything was. And so he was, okay, maybe he did take a little bit extra here and there. And he, you never know, what if he felt bad about doing that after he did it? And so that way, when he had this opportunity, he was like, yeah, I'm going to give give the things that I have taken, you know, and he gave back. And maybe he gave back all the things that he stole, and kept for himself what he rightfully earned. You know, we don't know. But you can also take, you know, somebody with Zacchaeus, and that's a start. They're going to continue, you know, as they go. Um, Whereas the rich ruler, like you said, that's where his heart was, and that was blocking him from inviting Jesus in. Yeah. Well, the other thing, too, is you look at both of them, and they're both very wealthy people. And the fact that the way Christ talked to both of them, being different, 
you know, shows that the, the value of the money itself is not what was important. It was what we learned in last week. Where is your heart lying? Mm-hmm. You know, where, where does your house sit? Do you sit in the house of the Lord? Or do you just sit in the house of your possessions? Right. And, you know, you look at the Zacchaeus story and nowhere in there does Christ say, well, you're very, very rich. You know, you should give everything up because that wasn't the point. Christ knew where Zacchaeus heart was. He knew where his mind was set. And he's like, that is, that's acceptable. You know your position. You're not allowing your wealth, your influence to control you. You want to follow the Lord, follow the Lord. And that's that, what what the Bible tells us. It's not money is the, you know, the root, the of, root all of all evil. evil. It's the love yeah. of money. And that's exemplified in those two characters. Yep. Mm-hmm. And, and with this story as well, we see that helping others, like we talked about already, goes way beyond just giving them money, right? Right. It's, it's, it's like you said, being able to listen to them and to see you know, what they're going through, taking the time out of your day to be able to, you know, just like you did, give him a bag, right? Maybe nobody gave him anything that day because he was just sitting there. Some people don't like to ask. You know, they feel that because they've gotten turned down so many times, they just gave up and just yeah. like, I'm not going to ask anymore. And so for you to recognize that there was somebody in need out of all the thousands of people that may have passed him that day, that's that's something, right? And so that's what he's calling, calling for us because, you know, like the lesson says, it, Jesus doesn't, He's not asking all of us to go sell everything that we have today, go sell our houses and give everything to the poor, and then and then what? Because yeah. <laughs> then we'll have no more to give, right? Mm-hmm. But if you are working, you have a job, and you pay your bills, and you save some for yourself, and but then always making sure that there's that little bit to be able to give. And that's what we were talking about in the past couple of lessons too, right? It's yeah. just that making sure that we, like you said, it's part of the plan, has to be part of the overall plan that we are making sure we are taking the time to like you have, you have bags in your car, you know, that's making a plan for when you come in contact with somebody and we don't use cash now, but maybe we should, you know, get $50 in cash and stick it in our car. And so that way we always have money to give to people when they ask. I mean, right. there's little things like that, that we can do to make those changes to help, to try to help people. Yeah. And the one other part of this Zacchaeus is that he was a tax collector. This man was hated because he worked with the Romans and he taxed his own people. And, right. you know, it, it's one of those things where it's like, <clears throat> do you really want to accept anything from somebody who's kind of taking stuff from you? Yeah. yeah. But when we read, Christ says, you know, if somebody does something to you, turn and give them the other cheek. You know, let them do it again. Yeah. You know, and not hold it against them because we're all flawed creatures. Here we see Zacchaeus, who is hated, still going, okay. I have this opportunity. I'm going to give. I'm going to take advantage of this opportunity and give back. And we saw, you see that in the show we were watching, right? The Chosen. You see how Matthew, how they treated him when he wanted to follow Christ. They were, they were like, what are you doing here? Get away from us. Get away, you know, leave this place. Because yeah. they knew that he was the one that was coming after them for their taxes constantly. And now he wanted to be part of them. So they couldn't trust him. They're like, oh, we don't want you around us. Like, what are you, gonna, what are you trying to do? <laughs> it's like even the Romans looked at Matthew and, his, and they were like, Okay, right. you're giving up everything, your yeah. house, your wealth. He had it well. He had it good, right? Yeah, and it's like he was one of the Romans' top tax collectors because of his ability with numbers and understanding and comprehension of data. Mm-hmm. You know, social skill set. Yeah, not so lacking, much. <laughs> but 
we look at that and he saw something that, you know, I, I can only hope to see is that opportunity to step out from what I am to become something new mm-hmm. and to walk that line with Christ. And that's exactly what Matthew did. That's what Zacchaeus did. The rich young ruler had that opportunity. But again, his worth <clears throat> and his value wasn't in, in the Lord. It was in himself and the things he had. But then we look at Job, and again, Job was called perfect and upright by God. <laughs> and also rich, by the way. And he was rich. He was very wealthy. <laughs> he had a lot well, of stuff. Well, in the beginning of this, yeah, he was very, he very wealthy. You know, but throughout this entire thing, you know, we all know the story that God said, go ahead and try. My servant Job is perfect. He is upright. He will continue to pay respect and worship to me. Go ahead, try whatever yeah. you want. Regardless of how much things he has, those things aren't the, aren't the reason why he follows me. Mm-hmm. Right. So, and they go and we see as we read through Job that the things that happened to him, the the suffering that he went through, you know, loss of money, his wife was nagging him and telling him, mm-hmm. "Just give up already." And Job flat out said, "No. The Lord is my Lord." The God is my God, and I will continue to follow him and trust in him. Faithfully. Though he slay me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we look at that, and Job was willing to give things to others. Despite losing everything himself, yeah. he was still outwardly giving to others and okay. still sharing. That's what we see in Job twenty nine sixteen, right? And I was father to the needy, and I investigated the case which I did not know. And it talks about how he went out and he started searching for those who needed help. Like much like we were talking in the beginning is that he, he didn't wait for them to come to him. He actually was active in making sure that, Hey, I'm going to go find the people who need help, you know, not waiting for them to come to us. Like a lot of times we're just, we, we do, right? Yeah. <laughs> like, Oh, they'll, they'll come, they'll come. The people will come. So as, as we've been looking at this and so far this quarter has been really amazing. You know, how they're tying everything into the last lesson and how the lesson you're reading now falls into, like, the lesson you learned, like, three weeks ago. How it seems to show, like, this beautiful blueprint of how to not only manage your your earnings, not only how to give back, but how to fall in line with God wants us all to do and how he wants us to proceed in our lives. And that blueprint... You know, we still have like a couple weeks more. We got like yeah. what five more lessons to go through, but I I'm only seeing blessings coming out of this. I'm only seeing yeah. the opportunities that are there, and and so far so far we see that it's all these lessons have been challenging too. Oh yeah, they're challenging to us because one of the things that people don't like to talk about is their money, right? We say, oh, well, this is, I worked really hard and I, I sweat a lot for this money and it's my money, right? And we don't want to talk about the money or about, you know, where that money should be going or giving it away or anything like that. So it's, I, I find it that it's been very challenging, a very challenging set of lessons so far. There's a, a quote right here on the end of the PowerPoint on my uh, Sabbath school pro- program. It's from the Th- Thoughts from the Mount of Blessing. It says, there are many to whom life is a painful struggle. They feel their deficiencies and are miserable and unbelieving. They think they have nothing for which to be grateful. Kind words, looks of sympathy, expressions of appreciation, 
would be to many a struggling and lonely one as the cup of cold water to a thirsty soul. A word of sympathy and an act of kindness would lift the burdens that rest heavily upon weary shoulders. And every word or deed of unselfish kindness is an expression of the love of Christ for lost humanity. That pretty much sums it up for us right there. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we want to say thank you to everybody for listening in, and we hope you're enjoying the lessons as we go through them and stuff. Um, Stay tuned for next week as we go through the next lesson, and we hope that you join us and listen in and continue to follow. With that, um, AJ, would you like to right. say a prayer? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for these lessons, Lord. We know that they are speaking directly to us and to everyone that is listening as well, Lord. We know that that you want us to be able to remember those who are in a deeper need of things than than just what than what we see on the surface, Lord. Sometimes we know that it's money. Sometimes we know that it's just lending an ear to be able to listen to them saying kind words, giving them a smile, Lord. But whatever it is, we pray that you will help us to be more aware of of how we can go out and help those people who need help and those people we come in contact with every day, Lord, and help us to be more aware of their needs and being able to serve them as best we possibly can. We thank you for all of your blessings. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. This podcast has been brought to you by the Albuquerque Three Angels SDA Church. If you would like to know more about our church, please visit threeangelssda.org.